sure about our outward on the stage. So kids will be with us in church, but if you want to, Kenzie will grab the kids and have them with her during worship. That's up to you to be with your team. So um, we've been leading off um, our services recently with some songs. And last one of the day, I was going to read Psalm 149. I'm going to ask you to do Psalm 150. So how many, how many songs are in the book of Psalms? So it's the last song of the book of Psalms. So um, let me read Psalm 150 to you. Psalm 150, it says, Praise the Lord and praise God in his sanctuaries. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Is it the Lord and excellent in his greatness? Amen. And we are called to praise him. Simply because of who he is. Yes. Amen. How many of y'all believe? Amen. Therefore we praise him. Now, but but by the word, that, that word praise, I think I think sometimes when we talk about praise and worship, we kind of segregate those words too much. They overlap a little bit more than we think. But praise, as we're about to find out, praise is an attitude of life, first of all. When we come together, as a body of people, and we, we spend time what we call praise and worship, right? There is a response in unity together in song that exalts and glorifies our God. That's why we do this. This isn't just a time code that we do to start every service just so we have something to do. So we praise God together, but watch the nature of praise here. Verse 3 says, Praise Him with the trumpet sound, praise Him with the lute, lute and harp. Now we don't have that stuff up here, but we do have instruments. Praise him with the tambourine and the dance. Praise him with the strings and the pipe. Praise him with the sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So there is an element of our time together that is celebration. And there is a proper response to God in worship and praise and music and unity and instruments and singing. And according to some of these songs we can read, it can be a little louder than just quiet. Amen. Notice it has dancing before the Lord. Now, check this out. When you see the different things that we do in praise and worship, it involves your, your physical being. We raise our hands, we clap, we sing, we bow down. These are, these are uh, expressions of the inner joy and worship we have for God that ultimately involves our physical being too. You can't separate it. To the point that even if you feel that freedom, you're free to dance before the Lord. What does that look like? I don't know, whatever it looks like. Right? In other words, there's an expression to God in freedom that even can cause you to dance before Him. Now, let me just say this. Okay, can I, in the charismatic church, sometimes we think the people that are loudest and the most out there are the most spiritual. That's not true. It's not about doing it to do it. But if you have that expression in your heart because God sets you free, then be free of you. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, our time together, though we come into worship at times and stillness and the quietness before the Lord, there's also the celebration that can lead in a place even dancing before him if your heart takes you there. Are you free enough to be that free? Yeah. Well, why would you do that? Because he has set you free. Yeah. How many are walking in the freedom 
of who God is. Well, let's let's be free then. Amen? Amen. All right, let's let's all stand up this morning. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come to your house and be with you, spend time with you, to worship you, to get into your word together. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you're doing a work in us, a new work, work that's sustaining us and keeping us and guiding us. We thank you for that. But Lord, we're spending time in a few moments just worshiping you and praising you. I pray acceptable to you, pleasing to you. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, we all say.
that today. Well, we're so glad to have you this morning. If you're new, we'd love to get to know you a little better. There's these get to know you cards right in front. Go around and raise some of your family faces.
Alright, time to open the time. You got stuff to give, you may prep it. And uh, there must be some sort of loot back there. I just keep on being a man. Uh, okay, Anyhow, time to open time. There's an awful number of available in the seat in front of you. If there is not one, if you want to do something big, you raise your hand around with the usher will help you out. And uh, we appreciate your commitment. Um, and all the stuff that's happening here in the church, because you're in the event. And uh, we pray and always believe that whatever, whatever comes in here, we'll be steward with it. And it is for the advancement of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. And God is doing something. Are y'all ready? Okay, good. I'm just going to pray over it, so if you have something to give, you can bring it down today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning to worship and continue in our worship, in our giving space. Lord, I pray that we live by faith in our tithe and our offering, and that you are God and you are our provider. We stand in that, we believe in that, in Jesus' name. Everybody said it. Amen. 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 And we'll get into the word today. Uh, first announcement is, if you want to be a part of small groups, now we have uh, some uh, uh, ladies small groups that are meeting. If you're not a part of that, you want to be a part of it, and guys, we're about to kick off some small groups in the very near future. If you want to be a part of that, they meet on all service day, uh, and depending on, on the group, when it meets, we'll, we'll let you know about all that information. If you're interested in being a part of a small group, the small group is a is a big part of who we are in church. Decide on the back table back there, we'll get you involved in one. So uh, those will be happening pretty soon. And speaking of small groups, we do have one of our small groups meeting today. Joy Fellowship's happening at 5 o'clock right here. And uh, Joy Fellowship is technically for the older folks in the church, but you don't have to be old cup. So, uh, and I heard today at 5 o'clock, bring stuff to share with you. But if you don't have anything to share, it's okay. They won't kick you out. You can come anyway. But it is kind of bring in. But I heard, Bill, would you tell me that somebody made apple pie? Is that true? Did, did you tell me that? What? Apple pie, did you say somebody made pie for the dead? And cherry. Oh, I mean, all are pie fans. I'm a little disappointed you didn't bring it for the rest of us. But if you want some of it, I got the joy fellowship today about the clock. Yeah, don't have a good time. October 10th, just a couple weeks from today, we have our fall fest. And the party to that is Melvin Miller. where Melvin Miller Park, which is over that way. Uh, what's going to happen is right when church is over, uh, we're going to be part going over there. We're going to provide some hot dogs and whatnot. Again, it's kind of a, a, a covered dish. Uh, bring something. If you have something that needs to be plugged in during church, you can bring it and plug it in. If not, uh, we'll take it all over there. We'll just have a, a good afternoon hanging out together, fellowshipping together, and there'll be some things to do there. So fall fest, October 10th. Right after church, and a couple things real quick. Uh, just, just to make everybody uh, aware again, um, if you ever come here, our little parking lot's full, and it's just uh, some street parking's happening. We are allowed to park at the funeral home across the street. Okay, so if you ever get here and it's kind of full, you may park over there Sundays and Wednesdays, just so you're aware. Also, something I've been noticing: we're having a lot of people park on both sides of the street out here, which is fine. But I was watching a bigger truck try to navigate that during church one day, and they almost didn't navigate. So if you park there, make sure you're up against the curb pretty hard. That way it's enough space because it really turns into a small lane running through this little street right here. So make sure I want somebody to 
come yellow to block the road. So make sure you're up against the curb and park out here. And lastly, if you've been in the basement, a lot of work is happening. Our kids' church is an entire renovation, so bear with us. Uh, on this side of it, all the drywall is done, the walls are primed, you have to deal with some electric, get some paint on the wall, the nose are ready. And once we're finished with this side, then we'll start renovation on this side. The kids are meeting in this room right now. That will be renovated once this side is done. So in the near future, hopefully, our, our nursing mom's room, I know we got some babies here in the church, uh, that will be available for moms to take the kids to the church if you need to, and then all that stuff. So good things are happening. We're progressing. So thank you for all the work that you're doing and help us get there. Amen? Amen. All right. That's all I have for that. Let's get our Bibles out to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 18. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, three entities or three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, adoption the Trinity. You will not find the word Trinity in the Bible. But the doctrine of the Trinity comes from the witness of the Bible. So in the Word, you find Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, as Deuteronomy said. Uh, there is one God and one God only, but in the workings and the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Um, it, it can be seen by the paradox of the Christian faith. It's not so easily explainable, but God is God. Let's put it that way, without getting way into it. Um, we've been talking about the activity of the Holy Spirit. So we, we know that the Holy Spirit was active, as we see in the Old Testament, but um, as it comes to Jesus, Jesus comes, so we have Christmas, amen. And um, Jesus, uh, the, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the, in other words, the inauguration of the kingdom of God, as we see it now, he did what he did, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, there was the witness, there, there was some more time together, and then Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. Yeah. But before he left, you can really see this in John chapter 14 through 16, he promises that the Holy Spirit is going to come. Yeah. The counselor, uh, that, that word, uh, paraclete, counselor, comforter, advocate, there's different ways you can see that word. But the Holy Spirit be sent into the world so since the ascension of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, the activity of God in the world is through the activity of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So everything that God is doing in this world is because the Holy Spirit is active. And so we've been talking these last uh, three weeks about what the activity of the Holy Spirit is. So when it comes to just general, the Holy Spirit is active in our word of conviction. He convicts the word in concerning righteousness, and sin and judgment. Okay, so the conviction happening in the world, the conviction of general for people, but also uh, for those who believe there's a conviction because it's spirit true. Yes. And, and, and Jesus said that he'll remind you what I have said, what Jesus has said, what Jesus taught. So the, the Holy Spirit's active in the world in conviction, but continually lead us to Jesus because he is the witness of Jesus and the salvation through him. Activity of the Holy Spirit. Um, now, when it comes to somebody who believes, how many of y'all believe? Let me see here. Okay, so look. The moment you confess Jesus as Lord, you ask for the forgiveness of sins, whatever the agent you would think of, of my moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes you new. Yeah. Regeneration, born again, new creation, in different ways 
that the scriptures testify to that activity. Now, look, that is a real live event in your life. Yeah. It's not just symbolic. When you are saved literally, spiritually, you have been renewed, Amen. born again, yes. made a new creation. It happened. So, so if you have asked for forgiveness for your sins, you've been made new, whether or not you feel like it, whether or not you understand it, whether or not life, whatever happened after that, whether life seemed to be good or, or bad or, or in between or both, that's, you've been made new. And by the way, that should make you think about sin in a certain way. Yes. Yeah. Right? Right. So, what did you need saved from? Why did you need born again? Why did you need regenerate? Why did you need to be made a new creation? Because of sin. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Sin came into this world and just made it a mess of it. <clears throat> Not only in all of creation, but in each individual person. <coughs> so everybody needs saved. Amen. So when you are saved, you're born again, new creation, whatever terminology you want to use. You have been forgiven of your sin, right? right. The, the fancy word for that is justified. Yeah, yeah. From this point, everything behind me is forgiven. Amen. Justified. Amen. I'm in right standing with God, right? But you've also been set free from your sin. Yes. Right? New creation. I've been set free from sin that made me dead in here. Yeah. Then why would you want to go back to what you've been set free from and made you dead? Right. Yeah. Now, you see what I'm saying? Right. That there is the, the temptation to it. There is uh, the desires to it. Because when you've been made new here... It needs to work out through the rest of who you are, your mind and your, your body, yes. right? Yes. So there's still maybe desires and temptation, but why would you want to go back to which you've been born again from? Yes. New life. And the opportunity to live new life, right? So sin needs to be looked at in a certain way that this is trying to take me back to death. Yeah. Right. right here. But I've been set free. And in that, then, uh, as we said last week, you've been marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have been marked with belonging to God. You are a child of God. You, you are uh, uh, in, adopted into His family. You're an heir of the rewards to come. Amen. That's who you are. You've got to see yourself like that. It's not bravado. It's not boasting. If we boast, we boast in the cross of Christ, what Paul said, right? But it is an assurance of understanding that I belong to God. I'm in his hand. Amen. He's got me. Yes. Jesus said one of the reasons the Holy Spirit was sent was because that after his ascension that we wouldn't be left as orphans. The word in Jesus used. Orphans. In other words, we've been adopted into the family of God by the activity of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay? So you are his, you belong to him, have confidence in that. So today I want to kind of get into a couple um, continued activities of the Holy Spirit for those who believe. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. So two different things, so we're going to talk about this, kind of shift gears and talk about something else. Two things today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. And we all, with unveiled face, and, and, and it's a uh, 
contrasting Moses and the glory of God, and he had a veil of space because the glory was so strong. Contrasting that with now those who believe. Well, let's, I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 17. Let's jump that. Now the Lord is spirit, again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. freedom. You are to live in that freedom. Now I'm talking right here. To live in that freedom. New life, right? And we with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, or from glory to glory, other translations will say. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, so the Holy Spirit. So you've been saved. Amen. Good. That's status in him. But that's not the end of what we're called to do. Salvation sets you up to live disciples. But just because you've been saved doesn't mean you've been disciples. You can become a Christian by the grace of God, the free, but, but that doesn't mean you eventually become a Christian, if you see what I'm saying, the way you live. See, new creation, but now what? Perfect? No. Worked all the way through your whole being? No. Again, void of temptation? No. Void of desire to slip back into those things? No. Now there is the opportunity to be transformed from glory to glory. In other words, change. That word transformation, transform. You're being changed. So if you read through the writings of Paul, you'll see this. There are times he talked about the fact that you are saved. So how many are saved? All right, yeah, again. Okay, so you're saved. Be confident in that. He also talks about a time when we will be saved. What's the difference? When Jesus comes back in the finality of things, he will save you in finality. Yes. You're saved, and you're going to be saved, because Jesus is coming back, right? Amen. But he also uses the, the way of saying it is the in-between, we are being saved. Yes. And he said, what in the world? I'm saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. But that being saved is talking about transformation, yes. changing, becoming more like him. Working out with fear and trembling, Philippians 2, your salvation that works through the rest of your being. Transforming your mind, the actions of your life begin to change. There are different kinds of fruit growing from your life. Right? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. As you continue in Him, the Holy Spirit who is in you, if you allow Him to, will take you into transformation. Overnight, though, easy button, not always, is a work of life that you do with him. Yes. You partner with him yes. to become something he intends you to be. So what happened in here starts to come out through here. Yes. Amen. The best way I can put it. If you got a better way, tell me afterwards, I'll tell everybody. <laughs> Change is to happen. You are not the same here. Eventually, then, when change happens, you won't be the same out here either. So, so in the scriptures, whenever you see it, 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 into the writing of the epistles, you find the letters that we find from, from Paul and Peter, John, and so forth. Um, 
You see uh, phrases like add to, add to your faith knowledge, and to knowledge goodness, and, to, and you see lists like this, where you see uh, clothe yourself with. Sometimes that, that word comes, or, or, or put on. Whenever you see things like that, here comes a list of qualities and characteristics that are the new creation coming out in you. Let's just look at one example. Um, see Colossians chapter 3. You see what I'm talking about. Colossians chapter number 3. Yeah, let's see. Where are we going to go? First quote. Colossians 3.12. It says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, you have been chosen, you are now saved, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear it with one another, and if one has complained against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Verse 14, and put up, above all these, put on what? Love. Yes. Yes. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which uh, indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, and so forth. So here's a list from Paul to Church in Colossia about things that you must, as he said, put on. This is something that you are not, but you must put it on. Now he is talking to people that know him, so chances are they're saved, they've been made a new creation, but we must, in this word, put on. In other words, these kind of things must start to come forth from you because you have been saved. You're not saved by these things, but they are the witness of a saved person, a new person, a regenerated person. You'll find these kind of lists all through the scriptures. Fruit of the Spirit. You guys know those, right? Again, fruit. Something that grows from, comes from your life. Why? Because you've been born again. These are not things that you can do by yourself. Amen. <laughs> There is no amount of willpower that you can have to change into these things, this transformation. I mean, you look at, look at the one we were just reading. This is just one. And by the way, they all go hand in hand. These lists are often very similar. Think about this. That I am to be a person of a compassionate heart. That's not easy, is it? No. I am to be a person of kindness. Not easy. Humility. Meekness. Patience. I know uh, that, that one right here for you. Ooh, patience. Right. Yeah. Now we've got to bear with one another. In other words, differences or things that would divide us, we bear with each other. If you have a complaint, you ever, you ever come together to buy a believer's minute with complaining against somebody? You feel like they did you wrong, to be honest? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> but if you have something like that, then you've got to forgive them. Oh, boy. Yes. But by the way, in the same way the Lord forgave you, yes. that's, like, that's like granted a way of it. Okay, I forgive you, but the way the Lord, oh, man, that's just like, that's like other level forgiveness, you know? Yes. Think about this. You can't do this stuff by yourself. Is that right? Yes. It takes the help of the comforter, the counselor, 
the one who advises you to generate change in you. Right? This is part of your effective witness to our world. Something showed because you've been born again. New life. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit in the believers to help you do this. How, how did that happen, by the way? So the, the Holy Spirit, who moves in the world by conviction, right, will convict you if you have ears to hear and will listen. Right? So let's go back to complaining against somebody else. That's an easy one to pick on. So something happens, and it upsets you, it offends you, you didn't think it was right, or whatever the story is, right? And you're just like, oh, blowing blow your tune, I ain't going back there, you know, those people, but uh, you just have your, your big, well, I'm going to say that. But anyway, um, <laughs> then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit convicts you. Forgive them. Yes. <clears throat> you have a choice right there in that conviction. To forgive them and begin to learn to move on and possibly bring reconciliation or just say, yeah, no, I have the right to be upset. Right? Yes. Or in a moment where something happens and you didn't <coughs> act kind in that moment because you got up late, didn't get your coffee, you drove behind somebody slow, you get to work, you're aggravated, somebody does something, and you say something smart out because somebody that did deserve it, you weren't kind, and the Holy Spirit conviction that was not kind. That's not the way of the new believer. Ask them to forgive you. Yes. And you go, but I have a right to be in my morning stuff. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, if you have ears to hear, will lead you and the moment you say, yes, Lord, forgive me of being unkind, you open the door for the Holy Spirit to start to bring change in you. Because yes. the next time, you're going to be aware of it a little better. Yes. Oh, man, I know I'm cranky. And I know I'm on the line beside Jim Bob today, and he just gets on my nerves. <laughs> right? Yes. But you know what? I'm going to be kind. Because I have been born again. Yes. Hallelujah. And there's a new way to live this life. Holy Spirit, help me today to be kind. So, so if, I, if I recounted my life to you in the areas that I struggled uh, of things that wouldn't match up with the, the, the born-again person, and to see where I was and where I've been, it's not because I have done anything that is so great, it's because the power of the Holy Spirit has been active in me, and I learned to listen. See what I'm saying? And, and when the conviction was there, by the way, how do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit? Because you are. You can be saved, but not know you're supposed to be compassionate and kind and forgiving. Right? You've got to be a person in the Word. Yes, that's right. The spoken, oh, no, I'm sorry, the written Word brings a conviction to it. This is inspired by the Spirit. But, but the times that the Holy Spirit would tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, how, how do you know when he's tapping? Because you're a person of prayer. You get to spend time with him in prayer. You know his voice because you're a person of his presence. So in that moment when you're agitated and you say, hey, no, 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 conviction. You go, oh, yeah. Lord, Lord forgive me. Right? 
So we got to be people who are living with the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that's the first thing. That He is going to grow you. He's going to change you. Salvation is not uh, a thing uh, into itself. It is the beginning of a new life that culminates in the life to come. All right, here's the second thing. Joel. Let's go to the Old Testament. Joel chapter number two. I'm over backwards and we'll go forward then. So, you know, the Bible says, and, and, and um, where, where Jesus is uh, talking about being born again, John chapter 3, and he makes a statement, and kind of a, a paraphrase, and the Holy Spirit is sort of like the wind. You all know where it's going, where it's coming from, but that is like activity of the Holy Spirit. There are multiple workings of the Holy Spirit. And they overlap in such a way that I don't think we, we can pull them all apart and make nice legal boxes of everything he does. But there's an activity of the Holy Spirit in the world that he is ongoing and doing. And, and now that you come to this one, you kind of go, wow, so not only is he uh, bringing uh, born, uh, regeneration and, and, and now the, the newness of life is helping us live that and change, but now comes this separate work called the inbuilding of the Spirit. Okay, so, Joel chapter number 2, and uh, let's see, let's go to um, verse 28. So this is the Old Testament prophet, one of the minor prophets, Joel, and this is, I don't know, uh, somewhere between 500, 400 years before the birth of Jesus, somewhere in there. And verse 20 says, and it shall come to pass afterward. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So, so, in other words, it's available to anybody. Y'all got flesh. It's available to you. Your sons and your daughters were prophesied. It's not just one over the other, it's both. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. So it's not just for the young or the old, but all ages. Even on the male and female service. Now, that is a way of saying, look, it don't matter what your class is. This is for everybody. Wherever you find yourself in place of life, this is for everybody. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So in other words, he did prophesy there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on everybody for those who would receive it. And in verse 30 and on down. Now, I want you to go to Acts chapter number 2. So keep that in mind. And let's go to verse number 14. So, so we're going to get back to the Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, and actually go back to Acts chapter 1. Let me just read you something here. Acts chapter 2, 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. So here, here, here's a verse 15 that uh, kind of points back to something that just happened. We'll talk about it in a second. For these people are not drunk. So something would happen where they were acting in such a way that people were like, man, these guys must be drunk. But since this is the only third hour of the day, why would we be drinking that way anyways at this time? So anyhow, verse 16. But this is what would utter through the prophet Joel. So Peter, what just happened prior to this? Peter said, the prophet Joel prophesied about this, and this is what is happening right now. So watch what Peter says. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. 
So, so he recounts down through what Joel has said. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall see visions, your, your old men shall dream dreams, your old male and female servants. In those days I'll pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor smoke. These are very symbolic things. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood. Again, symbolic things. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Several hundred years before, Joel prophesied that the spirits would be poured out. We find Acts chapter 2, we're going to read it a second, the Spirit is poured out. And afterwards, they go out, and Peter preaches this message, the very first message after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and says, this is the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel said. He's bringing them together. Now see, notice he said, now Joel said, and afterward, and Peter kind of throws her in the last days. Yes. What are the last days? Ever since the Spirit was sent have been the last days. That's true? That's what the scripture just said. Leading us to the great and terrible day of the Lord. In other words, the judgment of God will come. But since this pouring out of the Spirit, the last days began, we're waiting for the judgment to come in between at this time where the Spirit will be poured out on all flesh, sons and daughters, old and young, they will prophesy. In other words,